One month of episodes have passed since season nine began. And today, the show visits India to interview an entrepreneur who has helped hundreds of people reach a global scale. My name is Vincent A. Lancy, and this is That Entrepreneur Show. Each week on this platform, I interview a different entrepreneur from across the country and around the globe. Whether you are looking to start or scale your business, this is the show for you. You never know which motivational journey will inspire you most. He started out like many teenagers, just out of high school, confused about what he'd like to do in life, and of course, clueless about what to major in college. His friends wanted to become engineers, so he just followed suit. Eventually, Picrotten realized that engineering was not for him. He started his first business that failed in six months' time, and he was in a debt of $5,000 at the age of 19. This is where he began writing. Now, he is the founder and CEO of the infamous bestsellingbook.com. Today's episode will help you build authority to help your expertise and ultimately add value to people's lives despite not having the time and skills in writing, or that may be your excuse or in your head. So allow me to now introduce Vikrant Sharara. Vikrant, thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you so much, Vincent, for that lovely introduction. I'm really excited to be on the show. I'm excited to have you. Would you mind taking a few moments to please introduce yourself to our listeners and previewing just part of your story before we dive in and get going on your entrepreneurial journey? Yeah, sure. So, um, Simply what I do is I help entrepreneurs, experts, coaches, and thought leaders who have amazing ideas, amazing stories, amazing message to share with the world, but they don't have the time and skill set to write a book. So I have a team of professional book writers, editors, publishers, marketers who take their ideas and turn it into a book without them actually writing the book. We have an amazing system through which we help. We have helped hundreds of entrepreneurs, coaches, and thought leaders uh, turn their ideas into a best-selling book. And of course, it business um, was not my background. Uh, no one in my family was in business. Um, my parents wanted me to be an engineer. And of course, as you introduced me, like I, well, I started as an engineer, like I took an admission in the college, but then I decided that it's not for me. I did so much of test and trial, and then I figured out that, okay, publishing is for me. It's my passion. And that's where I started bestsellingbook.com. A book can certainly leverage career, or at least it has for me. It's another business card in a way in some situations. And now you mentioned your friends wanted engineering. You didn't want it. Your parents wanted engineering. You didn't want it. So you did trial and error. Can you now talk about those trial and errors a little more in detail and the reasons that that exact moment, I should say, of what, mm. what, what pushed you into entrepreneurship? Mm-hmm. The exact moment when I was in the third semester of uh, my engineering college, I was, of course, not satisfied with all the classes going on. Everything was so much theoretical. So I somehow decided that, okay, um, let's, let's do it because my, my dad had uh, sold his land to got me admission, uh, got my admission in the engineering college. So, so somehow I was doing it. But in the third semester, I read this book in the college library called Rich Dad, Poor Dad by Robert Kiyosaki. And it completely changed my perception about um, finance, about life, 
and the very same day i just dropped out of the college when i dropped out um i just knew that i had to start something of my own i had no idea no clue that what i'll be working on i got a bu- i got a business idea i started it i hired some employees i took some loan from my friends families and basically within just 6 months i completely ran out of the money and i was in debt at like of more than $5000 and uh, then i was sitting in my one room single room apartment which i was not able to pay the bill of and uh, with a with a crashed laptop uh, i still remember that the, the the fan was not working when i was typing on it then it used to burn like anything and with a 2g internet speed right and i was searching online on internet that how to make money with zero investment because i had no money at all and then i stumbled upon self publishing i somehow in 21 days because i had n- nothing to do i just wrote and wrote and somehow i wrote a book in 21 days uh my girlfriend back then was really good at academics and she fixed the grammar and everything uh and then i published the book now now she's my wife and so i still remember that when i published my first book i didn't make m- much money in the first month like i made around $27 and but it was a really big amount for me because it was the first dollar i made online i remember that i was jumping on my bed in the night when i saw that okay this is the royalty i'll be getting then i published another book uh, within just 3 days and um under my pen names and i also did some marketing i made around 440 so basically i figured out that how this self publishing thing work how to do the marketing how to design the covers and all kind of a different aspects of the self publishing thing uh, things started changing when uh, people in my facebook friend list they started reaching out to me that like hey how can i uh, write the book myself i started helping them right with and i also started offering my coaching program mm-hmm. then the thing again started changing when um, after helping thousands of people with my coaching with my courses i some of the people they mentioned who are entrepreneurs that hey like everything is good your coaching is fine maybe we can write it but we don't have the time can you do it for for us then i got this idea that there are so many people out there who have this who have amazing ideas amazing stories to share with the world but don't have the time don't have the skill set then i assembled a team of book writers editors publishers marketers globally uh, now the the company uh, i incorporated it in states and of course majority of the people most of the clients we have they are from states but now we are also reaching out to we are also helping people uh, in canada in australia in um, in uk so all the different parts of the world so yeah this is how like i started in uh, i got this zeal that okay i'm going to be an entrepreneur and this is how my journey started You founded your own company but I think the more important message is you went after what you were passionate about just because your parents want you to do something or your close friends they want the best for you is what they want that's why they want something mm-hmm. secure for example a 9 to 5 example engineering but when mm-hmm. you do something you're passionate about you push yourself a little harder and look at the success mm-hmm. that's now unraveled but since you left the engineering you did things on your own What are the two hardest parts of being an entrepreneur for you? Uh so I think the the first uh, most hardest part is to realize that what exactly the market needs. Right. 
So, of course, you can start your business. You can do anything which you want. Any business idea can come and you can start working on it. But you really have to understand that does the market really need it? Mm-hmm. Does the people will really pay me the money for the services or the products I'm offering? It's the hardest part to understand that uh, because, and I think that was one of the reasons my first business failed. I, I spent so much money uh, in that and I figured out that it was not a really big problem. So understanding that what exact problem you will be solving and understanding whether the people, whether people will be paying for that problem or not is the number one challenge mm-hmm. or the, the biggest, hardest thing. The second hardest thing I would, uh, underst- uh, I would say is um, working, um, like, of course, initially when you start the business, like you are your own boss and you, are, you have started your business, maybe you are the single man army. Then working and creating the systems and process right. so that you can scale the business to the next level is the second hardest thing. And some people, maybe they are not great at creating systems. Some people are not great at creating process, but it's really important because if uh, you have to work with the team, and of course you have to work with the team if you really want to scale the business, then you have to have some kind of a system, some kind of processes so that even if, for example, if you're an entrepreneur, if you're not present in the business, maybe for, uh, maybe for six months, maybe you, you are somewhere else, then still the business should work like clockwork. So these are the two challenges which I face. And of course, I'm still working on the second thing, right? I'm still developing some systems, some more processes so that the business can room, uh, run smoothly, even without me. Um, and I think I'm, I have done so many things in that, but still like there are so many improvements which I have to make. I love those two choices. Systems are huge. I have systems in place throughout my day. My morning is very, very structured. And that's what helps me push through the rest of the day. Scaling is obviously a challenge. I am a solopreneur. I have a small operation right now, but I do see it growing soon. I have had interns in the past, but Mm -hmm. selecting the right person that will hold themselves accountable and have a passion for doing it. You know the saying, if you want it done right, you have to do it yourself. It is tricky mm-hmm. to find people who will give you that due diligence and honesty to push you forward. But throughout your journey so far here, Vikram, what is one of your greatest failures or lessons learned through entrepreneurship? What did it teach you? Mm-hmm. So the greatest um, failure I had was, of course, when my first business failed. And the 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 lesson which I learned from that business is like, of course, I was very much into showbiz means, okay, to, so to run a business, I have to hire so many employees. So the moment when I got some money, some, some, I lent some money from my friends and family, I started hiring. I, was, I didn't work on the business idea. I didn't work on understanding whether, the, uh, whether people really need that, uh, my services or not. And I started hiring people. I started designing some amazing website, right? I also started uh, investing yeah. in. I also started um, maybe creating some kind of an app uh, for that business. So I had no clue. Of course, I had some kind of a basic idea that this is what I'll be working on. But I started hiring people. And people, of course, like they will be taking your money. They will be uh, providing the services. But eventually, like you have to first of all understand that what does the market need. And uh, that was one of the 
the biggest failure which I had. But at the same time, I really learned that uh, in business, of course, like you have to really take care of your cash flow. Uh, understanding that you have in the beginning, especially like you have limited cash flow and you have to use your cash in a right way in order to uh, take your business to the next level. You have to be very careful how you spend. That's exactly it. Because before you know it, that money could be gone. If you make a poor move yeah. with the money, then your business mm. is actually 10 steps back when you need to keep moving forward. But mm. in order to do these, you have to network, you have to read, you have to learn. If you could yeah. choose to learn from any entrepreneur, have a conversation here, Vikrant, dead or alive, who would you choose? Ah, that's an interesting question. Um, so recently like i guess of a few months ago i discovered that um of course since the childhood like i was listening about mother teresa and of course i thought okay so she's in if she was in ngo she was in helping people like how to um like she was serving people but several few months ago like i dis i discovered that 50 more than 50 percent of her time was in fundraising mm -hmm. she was very much after like she knew that if she really has to serve more number of people then she has to really work on uh understanding that where the money is going to come so that she can help more and more people she she has a really big team she had a really big team and she had to really of course pay them as well do you know that when she died like at the time of her death her net net worth was around more than hundred million dollars, and so and her there were her, some of her personal bank accounts which had more than hundred million dollars in her account. So of course the thing is, if uh, she were alive, and of course I had a chance to talk to her, I really want to discuss about like how she used to manage the money, how she used to fundraise the money, how she used to manage a really big team, and also take her name out right in the public very very solid choice i'm gonna take it a step further here where would this meeting go down if you got to choose which location are you picking uh okay i think in in my apartment <laughs> i'll be comfortable yeah yep, exactly get your mind right in the position to ask great questions let's now look into the future we're gonna do short term and long term here Vikrant. where do you see yourself in all of your entrepreneurial endeavors short term hmm. so i would say the short term would be the the three years goal uh so i would say that in three years i really want to um, publish at least one new york time bestseller for myself uh so and also till date like we have uh, expertise in publishing amazon bestsellers wall street general bestsellers and usa today general bestseller we can we really have capabilities and expertise to do that. But we also have to develop, like we are working on developing systems and process and marketing team so that we can also offer um, New York Times bestsellers as well. So first of all, I'll be working on uh, my own New York Times bestseller. And if I'll be doing it, then I'll also release that service for my clients. A great Talking about the long a great book for you would be for systems. I picked up a copy. I'm reading it right now. It's by David Jennings. He was on this podcast. Systemology. It's, it's, yeah, oh, you know him. Yes. Yeah. 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 He is a friend of Ellen Dib. Uh, so Ellen Dib is also my good of my good friend. And also he used to be my coach last year. 
for more than six months. Alan was episode number 100, who introduced oh, awesome. me to David, actually. Small world. Oh, <laughs> great. Yeah. So, yeah, like uh, from the from Ellen Dibbs, like I got introduced to David and uh, I also like he had a system. I think System Hub kind of a software he uses. Yeah. So uh, right. I don't use System Hub, but yeah, I use some other tools which are kind of a similar to System Hub. But yeah, like the, the book which he had is really amazing. Yeah, absolutely. Systems. I love the ambition there. Short term nuts now look a little big picture. Yeah. Long term. So talking about the long term, uh, I would say that if someone is going to talk about the, the top publishing companies, I really want to have my own company under the top three. Uh, so this is the long-term goal I have. That will be very exciting to see Unravel. I think with your hard work and your ability to continue moving forward, you're putting systems in place, that will come. Now I'm going to ask you for your take on the Spotlight story. Each week, I share an entrepreneurial journey to inspire our listeners, and I would love your take on this one and any extra advice you could add from your own knowledge. As we have an MVP Indian entrepreneur on the show this week, I will now share the journey of another in Dhirubhai Abani. This entrepreneur lived from 1932 to 2002, and he was an Indian businessman who started out humbly, I learned, selling traditional snacks to religious pilgrims. He got bigger, his business endeavors grew, he diversified into other industries that included logistics, power generation, information technology, telecommunications, and the commuter goods fields. Now, like I said, he was born in 1932, and these fields are the biggest fields now. So imagine the pioneer he was back then. And today, Reliance Industries is India's largest private company. It's listed on the Fortune 500. Vikrant, what do you like best about his story? What else can you add? <laughs> so um, all the Indians, um, and especially all the middle class uh, people in India, since the childhood, like they always like hear stories about Dhirubhai Ambani. And uh, the reason being like he all he he started from rags. And now, of course, he was one of at, at one point, he was one of the um, richest person in India. And of course, now his son, they are, he, he had two sons, um, Mukesh Ambani and Anil Ambani. Mukesh Ambani is now, I think, the number one richest person in India. And I think he comes in top five or top 10 in the, in the entire world. So the thing which I really liked, the thing uh, or the story which I had, uh, some of the stories of Dhirubhai Ambani was, do you know that he was really not good at academics? Like he used to fail so many, so many subjects and teacher used to like beat him like in India, like we, uh, like there are some other things like they, we used, teacher used to beat students like it was 10 years ago, but now, of course, things has changed. But he, he uh, at the same time, when you mentioned that, like, he used to sell snacks. He used to sell snacks as well as spices to some, some places. And do you know that he didn't produce or he didn't uh, created these snacks and spices under his own manufacturing uh, company? He, what he used to do is he used to sell the... Um, he used to buy it from some local vendors and just basically like had his own branding called Reliance uh, Spices, right? His company name is Reliance and he used to sell it to other things. So basically like he was really smart. He was really good at marketing 
he had like he used to go to the villages because they used to produce amazing snacks and spices with a very little uh cost he used to buy them from it like he but he was really good at packaging he was really good at marketing so yeah like these are few of the stories like which i wanted to share maybe yeah. like of course it would be adding value to your audience <laughs> absolutely and a lot of value i've been really trying to hold myself more accountable of picking stories that i hope resonate with the listener be either based on location or male or female i try to do my best to get some value and you just added that so thank you so much and for joining the show ton of value in there too i loved how you followed your passion and you explained to our listeners that it is okay to make that uncomfortable jump if no one believes in you believe in yourself if it's what you want to do it can work out i enjoyed your short and long-term visions as well as the lessons learned and now i'd like to ask you for your last word do this on my other podcast too, so I can give the listeners a chance to get to know you, the guest. Mm. What are we ending off on, Vikrant? Yeah, sure. So for your audience, like what I can offer is uh, those people like who want to write their book, publish their book, market the book, but don't have the systems in place, like how, how to do that. So they can go to bestsellingbook.com, B-E-S-T-S-E-L-L-I-N-G-B-O-K.com slash checklist. And there is a free downloadable uh, checklist, which comes with uh, a a detailed blueprint, which explains how to use that checklist. And basically they can download it, they can print it out and they can paste it on their wall and they can start working on their book. Right. So uh, this is what I could offer to your audience. Bestsellingbook.com slash checklist. You heard today's episode. You heard all the value in it. Be sure to head right there after this episode ends to get yourself more familiar with some new stuff that may leverage your career. And now it's also social media time for us. We're at That Entrepreneur Show on LinkedIn, Instagram, and Facebook, and on Twitter. We're at Podcasts by Lancey, so you get updates from this show and a mental health break. My handles are at Vincent A. Lancey on all social media and YouTube, and my website is VincentALancey.com. If you love a signed book instead of Amazon, DM me. I would love to connect. I am a three-time published author, and Mr. Lancey Talks Mental Health is my most recent book available. As always, I will end the show with a quote that inspired me, and it sure will for you too. It is from today's Spotlight Entrepreneur, and he said, If you don't build your dream, someone else will hire you to build theirs. Think big, think fast, think ahead. Ideas are no one's monopoly. If you're born poor, it's not your fault. But if you die poor, it's your fault. Thank you for listening. See you next week on That Entrepreneur Show.